This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to Gone to Texas, the podcast about AMC's Preacher. My name is Alex, and I have not read any of Ennis and Dylan's Preacher. My name is Nick, and I've done all the required reading necessary to co-host this podcast. Yes. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 2 of the AMC series, titled Sons of Bitches. While we will not be spoiling any of the comic, and by extension any future plot lines of the show, we will be discussing the details of the series through Season 3, Episode 2. So pause this and go catch up before you listen to the rest of our episode. You can find more episodes of our podcast at G2TPodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. We're also G2T Podcast on Twitter. And you can send your feedback to G2TPodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. If you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash midwestpodnet, that's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-P-O-D-N-E-T, and pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Jason K., who's pledged at the level of $10 a month, still the only person to have done so. Woo-woo! He's very, a VIP, a VVIP. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Jason. Uh... Last week, we put the call out there. We wanted to hear what people's purgatory songs or purgatory items, whatever would get you out of purgatory. Uh, I did call out Sue by name, so she did write back. She said, hi, guys. Well, weren't you hysterical with your getting out of purgatory lists? Thanks for thinking of me on your podcast, and you did get me thinking. Mine are not very interesting, so don't feel obligated to read them. I just wanted uh, you to know there are people out there listening to you. Here goes. Thank you very much for that, by the way. Yes, thanks, sir. And we are going to read it on the air. Afraid so. so. Uh, number one, Still the One by Orleans. It's the ringtone I have for my husband, so I'd probably want to answer. That's fantastic. Uh, Loves Me Like a Rock by Paul Simon, the song my son picked for our mother-son dance at his wedding. Very good. Very good. Uh, the song my other son wrote to, uh, just for me to listen to while I trained for my first Chicago marathon. It's called 37742, my running number. It would keep me motivated to hang on. And the number four theme song from The X-Files, my all-time favorite TV show. I have all <laughs> se- original seasons copied to VHS tapes. Back then, if you missed a show, you were shit out of luck. She used the symbols, but I she did filled not, in, yes, she did not filled in my own filth. Yes. Uh, she said, they are stashed away with my Do You Believe Mulder poster. Oops, gotta go. Preacher's coming on. Keep the laughs and insights coming. That's a great list. Sue. That's great. The 37742 thing is, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's very in awesome. In my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, yeah. Play I, it for me because that will get me out of purgatory <laughs> too. I'll say, oh, that's so cool. What a cool thing to do. That is a very awesome idea. Yeah. I've never thought of writing my mom a song because I've never really been a songwriter. I know you've you've done more songwriting in the past than I Secrets. have. Secrets, yes. Secret songs, yes. But uh, uh, yeah, those answers are all really really nice because they are personal, but they're like outwardly personal. Yes. They make me feel like all of my answers were very selfish. <laughs> considering I just got married too, I'm like, why was there nothing regarding my <laughs> my wedding day? Probably because it's so fresh. I'm making, yeah. up, I'm making up my excuse right now. <laughs> it's not yet like a fond, nostalgic memory for me yet. It's like recent past. So, yeah, there, there it is. Sure. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it just kind of depends. I think there are different items you could you could put in there for different reasons. Oh yeah, sure. So it was a question you know. that actually that I continued to think about throughout the week. Like as I was at home, I was like seeing things and thinking of more songs. I really regret. I was actually going to come up with my five songs uh, and I didn't do it. Yeah. I was thinking about it throughout the week. You know what? I can't say throughout the week because we only recorded like two days ago. <laughs> yeah. So I have more time. Yes, you do. I'll be back next week with it. Okay, good. Uh, we did get some people in the Discord as well um, before we loop back to an email. But, um, yeah, Jason wrote in. He said, um, my holographic ch- uh, Charizard Pokemon card or my brick-sized Game Boy, one of those would bring me out of purgatory. <laughs> and then he said, maybe just that funny smell of that Pokemon cards had. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know if it was a smell unique to those, but, like, trading cards and, like, comics have a... There's definitely a smell to those Yeah, that can totally... I mean, any scent that, like, you really held near and dear, like, it will immediately rip you right back. Like, sometimes smells are the most potent, like, reminders of memories. Yeah. I feel like the smell of, like, a good, like, book collection or something would totally bring you back. Yeah. No, I get that. I I always, there were a few people at school that I know would always, like, smell the books that we would get when when they were handed out because there was always a particular smell that, like, a book that has survived 60 years has in it. Mm -hmm. Old book smell. Probably not good for you to just inhale. I mean, yeah, probably not. But still, probably worth still, it. Worth it for, like the, for the feels. Small flecks of lead from the paint in the <laughs> '60s that yeah, made exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, Joseph wrote. He had a he had a very personal one. I don't know that I'll go into complete detail on that story, but there was a certain type of candy that his dad would get, mm-hmm. uh, and he hasn't found it anywhere. That is so intriguing to me. I, I, I'm I wanted, dying to know what it is. Uh, me too. Yeah, I want him to like describe it, and like. Let us help him find it yes. and, and ship him. Absolutely, some of it. we'll we'll crowdsource the power of the Midwest Podcast Network to to identify which the, is more considerable candy. than that sounds. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's probably like Skittles or something. <laughs> he just doesn't eat candy. <laughs> I've never gone outside. I actually remember that until like Necco wafers like recently came back into the news because they were going to stop making them. Yeah, I used to get those. My parents used to buy me and my brother those uh, when we were kids from like the little market that was right by our house and that was the only place that had them and uh you know we stopped going there forever ago and when they came back into the news a while back because they were going to stop making them everybody was all of a sudden everyone gave a shit which was really weird yeah exactly but i saw the package of chocolate necco wafers because there's a chocolate and there's like the the multi-colored whatever yeah like rainbow ones and the chocolate were the ones I liked. I saw those. I was like, oh, my God. I would love to have a pack of those right now. But I <laughs> don't know that I would still like them. That was what Tulip wanted from her dad. Yeah. Uh, my dad always used to bring me those wax bottles. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You get that that sugary stuff, like the two milliliters of sugary crap it's almost in them, nothing. And then you just chew on that wax for seven hours. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I would throw I it. I would chew on the wax forever. I would immediately throw it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I would chew on the wax so much that I probably ingested too much of it as a child. That's is, crazy. Is my guess. Because it, it was just something to chew on. It was like chewing gum with very... Even less flavor in it than there normally is. I was never into like chewing candy. I don't like fruit candies generally. I'm a chocolate. Like it's disgusting how much chocolate I can eat. And (laughs) if you know me and you know what I look like, it doesn't make any sense how much chocolate I can eat. And I will just not really like chewing candies that much. Like I'll kind of avoid it or like I'll chew it for a second to get the flavor. Then that's enough. Except do you remember Big League Chew? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. The whole pack. Yeah. (laughs) You can't you can't just have a little bit of big league. It's chew. An, it's an amazing thing that it ever existed because I'm like you want us to imitate 
Shaw. Tobacco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want us to think baseball players are cool, and we and and candy cigarettes too. Same thing. And it's, those, those well, were both huge when I was a kid, and we'd be sitting there with a candy cig in your mouth, and then like follow it up as a big league chew. And I was like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> it's just those companies, the 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 children aimed section of Camel was like, "Let's put something out there to some genius." Incredible for sure came up with that. Uh, Joseph did go on to say, uh, he said, "If my wife had to pick, probably gem- generic anime, marzipan, bourbon, and a random song from Best of the Smiths, Ooh. which I would have to admit would work pretty well." What kind of bourbon? Write in later. Let us know. Yeah, what's your, what are your bourbon. preferred bourbons? Yes. Marzipan is... Have you had marzipan? Mm-hmm. Marzipan is uh, certainly an acquired taste. Yeah. But it is a, a bit of a... It's like real saltwater taffy. Like It reminds me of mm-hmm. that Like in terms of how distinct the taste is. Yeah. And like circus peanuts, which... Yeah, no. Pass. No. Friend, I'll, d- I'll do some marzipan. I will not do some circus peanuts. No. It's, uh, those are weird, weird exotic candies. Yeah. Uh, you brought in on the Discord. He said, for me, it would be the Fellowship of the Ring on Blu-ray. It was the movie I watched when I was home alone for the first time. And that is why it's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's an interesting... I have no idea what movie I first watched when I was home alone for the first time. But I think that's an interesting memory to have. Like, that that connection to something, I think, is an interesting, yeah. unique one that I haven't heard. Yeah, I don't know what mine would be either. I yeah. remember certain... I remember being a senior in high school and renting, like the first R-rated movie I went and rented by myself with my girlfriend at the time. It was Secret Window. <laughs> I remember that so distinctly because <laughs> I actually started, we went to the video store. It was a, uh, I think it was a Hollywood video. And I actually, I think I was 17. Was I 18 yet? I might've been 17 still. Uh, <laughs> they had the huge entire chunk of the wall that was just secret window and the cover it just for some reason to me is funny because it's just, it's just this, depth's face it's just this close-up of depth's face and i've always had this just like on the on the edge of a window right yes yeah <laughs> a secret window if you will and movie cover art has always made me giggle if it's like someone's face really dramatic because i always picture them in a, in a like a photography studio and then be like all right Get real. This is for the front of the DVD. <laughs> and th- as if like that's going to be the one. It just always cracks me up. So I remember seeing this huge wall of Secret Window and just like laughing at <laughs> 80 pictures of Johnny Depp. I did. It just like the absurdity of it always stuck with me. I also remember being a kid and my mom was in the kitchen doing dishes, which was right around the corner in the house I grew up in from the, the living room. And Predator was on TV. Mm. And I was not supposed to be watching Predator. Turn it down. But I had the remote and when she would like cross by like there was a little gap there yeah. and when she would cr- I would like chip flip the channel to like something else and then go back to predator and I remember seeing Carl Weathers arm get blown off and just being like oh my god what is this and it was just so violent and so tense and like that movie was scary to me when I was a kid and I watched it now and I'm like this isn't a scary movie at all it's just awesome Nicole and I were trying to remember what our first PG-13 and R-rated movies were mm. but I couldn't I couldn't I don't know for sure I know that my first movie that I saw in theaters was Last Action Hero. Wow. It's a PG-13 film. Yeah. And it came out when I was three. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. And it was up north, so it could have been like a later run of it at the time. I don't really know for sure. But I'm also pretty sure that the first rated R movie that I would have seen was probably Ace Ventura. <laughs> and it was like 94. Did your dad take you to those? I think both of my parents oh, took okay. me. Oh, yeah. okay. That's a dad no, it, was, it wasn't. Yeah. My, 
my parents are pretty open with with movies and like it'd be like oh we're gonna talk about it afterwards and yeah. to be honest i probably didn't even realize what was going on in ace ventura until like a year ago so yeah that's you know <laughs> yeah the opening scene with the woman <laughs> yeah. when she when she rewards him for yeah exactly. yes yes you're like wait, wait wait a minute yeah exactly yeah my dad when my parents split and we would go to my dad's for the weekend it was more like he just wanted to have fun with us obviously yeah. so it was we would get to do a little bit more like go rent movies and pick them out and he would often let us just kind of pick and he'd be like eh, like you know some karate movies or like more action movies and we'd be like, he'd be like yeah, all right and he would like buy like the more edgy video games for us and that kind of mm-hmm. thing and but it was usually followed with a conversation yep so i remember when i was like oh man i was probably like 11 or 12 and we were watching caddyshack and there's a scene where Chevy Chase is laying in bed with the topless woman and mm-hmm. like we were talking or like they were talking and my dad just turns to me. He's like, don't tell your mom. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. Agreed. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> we have a, we have an accord. <laughs> a gentleman's accord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that stands out to me too, but I don't love Caddyshack that much. So that wouldn't be on my purgatory list. Yeah. That's that, fair. That memory is good. Uh, you did also go on to say for food, a nice big burger and a nice craft beer. Uh, for music, it would be Dear Marie by John Mayer because it would remind me of the time me and my wife went to his concert and 10,000 sang the chorus along. That is awesome. And a picture of my wife and dog. If that doesn't bring me back, then I don't know what will. Free, feel free to share this on the podcast. Thank you, Yoop. That's a good answer, too, about the, the concert. That makes me think of when you and I and my wife, then girlfriend, <laughs> went to see Twin Shadow together, yeah. the three of us. That like that night was awesome. That it was a good night. stands out in my memory. It was a very sure. good night. Yeah, just put DJ George on the on the coffee table. Yes. See if see if he can call you back. That'd be awesome. You, uh, dude, like I said in the Discord, back to you. Come to Michigan. He tweeted at me because he there was some craft beer that he was drinking in like Italy, but it was from I think it was a Founders or something. Probably, like that. yeah. So I was like, yeah, you need to come here and we'll drink all kinds of yes. craft beer. The amount of craft beer in Michigan, if you don't know, is ridiculous. Yeah. like it's getting noteworthy for how much craft beer there is here. people who move away from michigan miss the craft beer yes so it's like you can look up a map of like breweries in michigan and it's staggering yeah there's hundreds of them uh all right and then bruce wrote in he said hey just wanted to check in i'm enjoying season three so far it's moving pretty fast so much so it takes the walk it makes the walking dead look bad it doesn't take much to make The Walking Dead look bad. In ooh, my opinion, ooh, but, uh, shots fired sick there. burn. Uh, I'm intrigued by the voodoo stuff with Angelville. It's different from the comic, comics, but in a good way, in that I want to see where it's going. The actors are all well cast, and I'm liking the more subtle, I suppose, direction they're going with these characters, and that they aren't as outwardly vile and awful at first glance, but still shady. Uh, as far as the casting goes, I only know Betty Buckley as the nice teacher from Carrie and the crazy old lady from The Happening who Marky Mark hides out with near the end. Uh, the Grail stuff in episode two is a lot of fun, and I'm inordinately happy about Star's head injury. I won't give too much away, but it was great in the comics. Then he said, my purgatory items. A Blu-ray of Samurai Cop or Big Trouble in Little China. Very good. Uh, the Wall by Pink Floyd playing. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, any of the books I haven't finished yet. It's a good answer. Got to get back and yeah, that's a hilarious finish answer. something. They, that sounds like they might make you just go ahead and descend into the afterlife or <laughs> ascend into the afterlife. Uh, a nice hot pizza. And then the full collection of preacher trades with a winky face. Uh, anyway, I'm still enjoying the podcast, so keep up the good work. Thank you, Bruce, for writing Thank you, in. Bruce. Good to hear from you. Bruce, uh, I'm glad. I guess you made your point clear when you said the wall. I was going to ask for your opinion on like the the more Roger dominant 
tracks on the album because I've heard other mm. band members, especially David Gilmore, be like, yeah, there's a lot of fluff in there that I don't <laughs> care for, whereas I think every track is necessary and awesome. And I'm assuming you do as well because you listed the album. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of those Vera fans hanging in there. So. There you go. All Great right. point, too. The Walking Dead does stink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need to get into that here. But uh, there will not be a Midwest Walking Dead there, yeah, podcast there will never, Although Willie Willie was once on the Walking Dead podcast, and uh, that was his podcasting stuff. We can do one episode about the pilot because the pilot is very good. We talked some trash about it on the film nerds. So, Did we? Okay, yeah. years ago. It was uh, the the Negan stuff, the cliffhanger with. Oh, Negan. that's right. Yeah, eeny meeny miny mo. Yeah, for ten minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for all the feedback. Yes, thank lovely, you everybody for writing in. Lovely, Fantastic lovely to discuss with people what their purgatory items were. Got a great it. question. I never would have thought to ask that question oh, I as I itching. said in the the Discord. I was like, I didn't. It didn't even occur to me to think about that. So I'm glad that that you brought it up because it's it was a great discussion point. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Everyone needs to get in on the Discord. It's yes, a blast. yes, please. Uh, only uh, five dollars and up on the Patreon. Five bucks. Uh, we, we do, uh, oh, then you won't, never mind. do it. Join the pot, join the <laughs> discord. <laughs> I was going to make an argument for why you didn't have to, but it is no, fun. You should. Cause it's great to have instant communication, not only with us, but the other people that listen to our show. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's get on with our recap in the teaser back when Jesse was a teen in high school, a science teacher on the vice principal track came to him <laughs> to help wipe the mind of a junior who had fallen in love with him. Jesse cautions the, uh, uh, the man that payments to Madame Langelle cannot be missed, and the man almost withdraws his request, but Jesse convinces him that the worst that could happen would be pretty bad. The following week, we see Grandma's handiwork was a success, but the man shorts Jesse some money and ultimately doesn't show up the following week. After Jesse, TC, and Jody collect the teacher for punishment, Jesse learns that, the fi- that fingernail removal isn't the punishment of choice, but soul removal is. It also uh, it turns out that Madame Langelle uses these souls to stay young, according to Jody. Uh, yeah, the young Jesse. I don't know. I can't remember what we said about him in the past because this particular character, this particular actor, we have seen as young Jesse in the past. Okay. He's so good. Yeah. He's just got that charm. He's almost better than than dominic cooper in my <laughs> opinion which is you know i it, that's probably unfair but i just think he i guess we haven't got to see dominic cooper in that position of luring people into yes angelville yeah, exactly. and he may be very good at it i think he will be this kid is very good too yep and so um i just wanted to comment about that there but what did you think about this uh just the angelville high made me laugh because I'm fairly certain in the book that Angelville is just the name of like the compound. The plantation. Yeah, yeah. the plantation, not the, the surrounding area. So yeah. that left me a little a little puzzled. Apparently, I guess it must just be the region or the city or something like yeah. that. But uh, other than that, it did make me laugh just because the idea that it was just Angelville High, <laughs> just gene- generic that cause Jesse, you know, growing up there, you'd think he was probably just homeschooled to try to further his brainwashing yes. instead of going to school. But obviously it's a good hunting ground sort of for him and uh i i just thought the guy who played the science teacher was aptly creepy and, <laughs> and funny 
This show's real good at finding those people. Yeah, with his misplaced like confidence and terrible jokes <laughs> and willingness to just like deal with all the fallout of it. He's kind of like, well, yep, all right. Wouldn't be the worst. <laughs> Wouldn't want to lose my my fingernails. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I like my fingernails. Yeah, yeah. and his is vice president or vice, vice principal, principal track. <laughs> yeah. Women are into that kind of power. I'm on the vice principal track. Uh, it's going pretty well. It's so funny because if that, I wouldn't want to begrudge anyone who that's their goal. Like in real life, no. if, some, if I like knew someone who was like, I'm on the vice principal track at school, I'd be like, oh wow. But when you watch it in this context, you're like, what a nerd. Like, yeah. Who? Oh, no, wow. it's, it's the fact that he's like. <laughs> abusing a junior yeah that <laughs> it's also it's it's the perfect joke because it's vice principal not principal yeah like it's just because if you remember he's any got your, ambitions but they're not too high right and i remember my <laughs> assistant principals from you know my public school years and they were all like a certain type of personality that i think this guy embodies really well so it's kind of funny the entire hbo show vice principals is very good i've seen so my friend made me watch like one sequence from that and he's like it's he's like i'm just gonna ruin it for you, you gotta watch it it was very good but i really love that like brain trust of jody hill and danny mcbride and i forgot the third guy who's always involved yeah like david gordon green i think is yes, always in there yeah yeah no that, that Walton show, goggins and danny mcbride are both this dude would fit in on that show oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> those no, those two a more those extreme, two actors would fit in on this show yes i think Walton uh, Goggins, Walton Goggins was one of the names we bandied for around for TC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. That's so good. He, you know, I love Walton Goggins so much, but I feel bad because he'll never be like a leading man, like triple A movie star, but he should. He has all the yeah. talent in the universe. That guy's amazing. He is so compelling. He can play such a scumbag in Hateful Eight and yet yeah. is so good. Just, you just want to watch he's him. Good at what, he's good at being a total total shit heel yes. like that is just but in the best way yes yeah i want to see him and ben Mendelssohn in a movie together just to try to out shit heel <laughs> each other um yeah and the fact that jesse's just on the table smoking as this teacher this faculty member walks yeah. up and says nothing to him about yeah it. that was one of the most impressive parts of the performance was just the, the posture yeah like, just very dominant cooper yep that was great absolutely uh yeah so the stakes are pretty high there She's uh, yanking people's souls out. Yeah. So uh, is there really no analog in the book of like she's using souls to stay young? No. That's interesting. Not that I can recall, with, but with I, how I, prevalent it is here. It, I just started rereading the, this arc and I only read the first issue and it's only five issues long. Yeah. So I, I'm fairly certain. No, there is. They do have the aid of another force in the book. Okay. But it's not, she's not, there's no like uh, elixir or anything. Like as far as I ever can recall, Jody's mysterious ability to stay roughly the same age is never explained either. Like he just <laughs> is this larger than life character. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Anything they else? They even look the same in the show though. They're like a little bit grayer, but. Yeah. No. And that's the, they don't, they don't do a whole lot to kind of like differentiate because they just put that uh the, like a color the the coloring is different for past yeah so it's not like you need to like i think tc buckley looks younger yes but other than that DC yeah and, and i i am gonna attribute that to like them falling on hard times like she doesn't have as many souls to stay as yeah. young yep anyway we'll talk more about that yeah uh any other thoughts on this teaser no it's good all right um well, i will say i was it was interesting to me that we were seeing the first time 
Jesse was learning about the soul extraction stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. Act one. As Hairstar travels to the Krishna headquarters in India, Cassidy and Jesse pick a checkup on Tulip. She can't remember anything about what happened other than that she was with her family, and towards the end, there was something different. Cassidy reveals that Jesse's quote unquote friends, the Grail, were the ones who killed Tulip. But while Cassidy is ready to take them on, Jesse knows he has to deal with Grandma first. After confirming the word will no longer work for him, he calls up Hair Star, who takes word of Jesse's request as he's executing the top of the Krishna organization, since they will not accept Humperdoo as their one true leader. Um, Dave Allen as yeah. the, as <laughs> the, as the Mr. Rosso. As soon as he spoke, I was like, is that Mr. Rosso? <laughs> I had to look it up. He's so, it's, he's he's fantastic amazing. actor. I yeah. always, for for like a nanosecond, think he's Chris Elliott. Every time I see him in something. That's interesting because I always think he's, uh, I don't I don't actually know the other dude's name, so I'll have to look it up. But I always think he's Philo from UHF. Have you ever seen UHF? No. Yeah. It's, you know. It's, it's a, a weird Al movie. It's right? a weird Al movie. So, of course, I've seen it a thousand times. Yes. But the uh, Anthony Geary is his name. Yeah, I don't think I know who he is. Uh, and I always think of him. I always think that Dave Allen is is the character Philo. Because Philo is a very, like, he's like a mad scientist in that movie. Okay. So, and so, for so some reason, fits. Dave Allen, yeah, Dave Allen would play that well as well. But uh, anyway, it was great to see him here. Um, nice to see Hairstar again. Oh, as soon as they showed his jaw and just that... Yes, mm, that the like, scowl. Yeah, exactly. And then the glimpse of his eye, I was like, Star! <laughs> just so excited. Here um, he comes. So I guess from here, it's it's we're learning that uh, the Grail is like executing sects of religions that do not take Humperdoo as their one true leader. Yeah, I think what they're probably doing is executing leaders and replacing them. I feel like they're kind of like putting a figurehead in that they can just command, so, yeah, essentially. That makes sense. I yeah. think this is like a part of a an end game. Like if the All Father is is getting ready to reveal Humperdoo, yeah. then they're they're getting all they're the getting other, all the ducks in a row. Exactly, getting all the all the religions in line. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I liked all the color in that sequence. Yeah, is it another good action sequence? I want. I I like this trend of like at least one each yeah. episode. I, I'm liking the trend more of like two each episode, which so far we're holding yeah. on to, which is pretty cool. Uh, Star executing one of his, one of his own men to kill. Not surprising. Not not surprising, but yeah. uh, good good to see it illustrated here. That was the only beat of the fight scene that felt a little bit weird. Mm. It felt a little off. Like they could they could have tightened up that choreography a little bit, but the rest of it was so good that I didn't care. I yeah, like, I love his just effortless, nonchalant style of mm-hmm. just moving through all the chaos. Yeah, it really made me want to rewatch his like origin episode from season two that details him running through all the tests and yes. stuff. Because oh my god, that was so <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> That was one of the highlights of the series for me. So Absolutely. Far. Yeah. It was perfect. Uh, Cassidy is annoying as hell. In, yeah. So far. So can, it's it's interesting. Putting Cassidy and Jesse against each other is really proving to not be... I guess I was... Not not that they were like against each other last season. Because they were. They, they were... Like everybody was kind of like... Mm-hmm. We were in the waters of testiness, I guess. Yeah. Everyone was on edge. But now that they've like drawn the line at Tulip and are 
fully like the framing here you see tulip in between both of them yep obviously symbolism of some kind but the just kind of the outward outward animosity towards each other is not as entertaining as i know they can be when everybody gets along you know yeah i i shouldn't say that i'm surprised i'm not surprised by it like they they do they do get at odds with each other in the book over tulip but it's just that there's an imbalance in terms of like i said last week on how tulip is acting like uh, she yeah. does not really care for cassidy in that capacity in the book so it's it feels it's a, a little difference. weird yeah it's a yeah. little bit different but it's it's interesting because i don't want to say jesse's being the adult in the situation but he kind of is a little bit more where he's kind of like all right like chill out and he apolo- he is the one who tries to apologize it, later. Yeah. Well, and then he also tries to send him off in the same sentence essentially. It's but true. Yeah, exactly. The, That's it, why I don't want to give him too much credit. Yeah. No, the um he the the way that like how do I want to phrase this? It seems to me as though I don't I feel like Cassidy can see tulip as leading him on but i think tulip assumes cassidy knows that she is with jesse i you know it's interesting that you say that because it's not clear to me that she is it until they say until the end of the world but then like they don't they're not like they're not like together at all after after uh, i guess the only thing that kind of threw me off there was when jody's like are you are you uh, Jesse's lady friend, dead yeah. lady friend? And she's like, I'm nobody's lady friend. But that to me just smelled of like a, you know, yeah, I'm not a lady friend. I'm a partner yeah, or exactly. something like yeah. that. I would agree so with that. It, 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 I see what you're saying because it's not like they're acting like it much. But I think that like their relationship has been so dysfunctional from the get go that I think we might be gearing up towards like a big bombastic Jesse and Tulip makeup. Mm. towards the end of the season if it yeah. follows the the book at all there will be like a real like gone with the wind kind of moment of romance so yeah it's just because the last time we've seen something like that is when she like locked herself in the bathroom mm-hmm. and jesse beat the door down yeah at the hotel um so at like the, the beginning, beginning of season, of season two, two. Yeah. yeah yep i was like was that the beginning of season two or the end of season one so that but yeah, so it's been a while. It's been yeah. I mean, in the in the first for the first stretch of the books, they're definitely rocky because she hasn't forgiven him for like leaving her essentially, which yeah. she does. He does leave her high and dry at one point in the books, like okay. in, in the past. So everything's kind of in the right place. It's just it's just weird because we've seen the three of them all be so buddy buddy. Yeah, but it that feels like back from that a little. Most bit. of the friction is Cass's fault. Because he may love Tulip, but he needs to recognize that she will never love him. Yeah. Like, she may not be with Jesse anymore. And I'm not saying that she isn't, but she could love Jesse again and probably still does. She will. She's incapable of loving Cassidy, though, and he just will never realize that, and yeah. he should. They may have, like, a connection, but, you know, it's never going to manifest itself in that way. Yeah. Interesting. Um... Also interesting to me that in this episode, at least and a little later on, that Jesse still didn't know who Featherstone 
was. Yeah. Because he's never he didn't see her throughout season two except as the jazz singer. Yeah. And Jenny stayed away while mm-hmm. while he wasn't uh while he was home essentially. So uh the fact that that he's still kinda like who's Jenny? <laughs> yeah. The neighbor. Oh well, yeah. Uh and then a few other things the chicken at the road when he tries to use the word they always have a chicken running across the mm. the Angelville stretch. That's there. right, yeah. And I, I'm like, I guess that's probably the chicken that Jesse had revived at probably, the yeah. beginning of the just, finale. Just hauling around. Yeah. So that was funny. And um, I liked Tulip line, Tulip's line of, well, thanks, dads, as they yeah, were arguing. That was funny. Very that. good. She's so great. She's very good. All three of them are just so good. Yeah. I, I like to think they're all just good pals. Yeah, life. I... I they seem like so. they get along really well. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear uh, a dog bark noise out of Jesse's mouth when he tries to use the word? Huh. I I like at the same time I heard it and I'm fairly certain on the closed captions it said dog bark or dog barking or something like when, at the same time he tries to say stop the car. Interesting. I did not, but that's interesting. Okay. As like the like a god dog man dog suit. sort of yeah. yeah. No, I I I didn't it I didn't. Uh, I didn't rec- I didn't hear that and think of that. And then when I I think I my mind shut off a little bit in that scene because I was like, oh, I know what's happening here. I can type my notes up. Yeah, without right. watching it. Sure. So I didn't see what the closed caption said. But I'm that's f- I'm fairly certain. That that's interesting. I try to w- always watch this in Westworld with the captions because sometimes they have like you can textual clues. Uh, yeah, and I can absorb it a little bit more sometimes. Yeah. Like what's going on, which is kind of a hindrance because I like to watch it too. Yep. Especially with the sh- two shows that are so well shot and put together. But Anyway, I was no, pretty sure there yeah. was some of his interference with the dog bark. That's interesting. Yeah, I still we can talk about it more later, but the I feel like the the and I guess it might be by design, but I think the sound impact of the word is not as good as it once was. Hmm. But we'll come back to that. Uh act 2. Jesse tries to send Cassidy off, but he won't leave without Tulip. TC tries to connect with Cass, but he only gets through after offering him drugs. And Grandma wants Jesse to get the plantation back to prosperity, but he's hesitant. Tulip keeps thinking about her interaction with God, but still hasn't shared it with anyone. She sets up a shooting range outside, but Jody interrupts with a grenade launcher before offering her a high-powered gun. As Tulip looks down the, sp- the scope, she spots someone with a ghillie suit who runs into the brush to avoid detection. But Tulip finds out that it's Featherstone, and she easily bests her in a fist fight. Uh, so Jesse already called Hairstar. That's right. He did it before the Krishna scene. Yes. He left in the message. Okay. Yes. I wanted to mention how funny their business card is to me. <laughs> it's a very elegant business card. And it says the Grail, top secret organization. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. I didn't even think of that. I didn't. I, did, oh, I was really? just like, oh, that's the Grail business card. Oh, my okay. God. It's so funny. That it's is just, very the Grail, funny. The Grail, top secret organization. <laughs> Helmut, whatever his Helmut, name is. Uh, Carl Helmut Star, yeah. or whatever his full name is. Klaus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then like his phone number and stuff like that. It's so <laughs> awesome. That is very good. Um, This act starts off with Cassidy looking at some pictures on the wall at the plantation. Mm-hmm particularly one of someone like hanging upside down from a tree limb and like in flames as the sunlight is behind them which is interesting and i and, like it 
I don't know how anybody would miss some of the commercials that we've seen, but it seems like he might be in a similar situ- situation. It's in the titles. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, it is in the titles, isn't it? Yep. So it's like, okay, that's weird. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jody figures out immediately what he is in, okay. the, in the, the shootout, the lead up to the shootout scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he asked about the hat. That's yeah. true. <clears throat> and he has a line like... Uh, well, he says something like, "I don't think you'll need this after all," or something like that, because I think he realizes like he's a vampire; he's indestructible, essentially. Uh, okay, something al- along those lines. Yeah. Anyway, um, TC and Cassidy, that's <laughs> just so good. Oh, the actual scene of them just, yeah. talking. Yeah, well, it's, this isn't where they talk as of yet. This is just where. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Cass walks in to have shut some up. swamp consomme, and he's yeah. like, "Shut up, will you?" <laughs> or whatever he says yeah. to him, and then. <laughs> The side eye that Cassidy shoots him when he's like, I only eat the red ones. The green ones are good, too. <laughs> and then he goes, do you like drugs? <laughs> Bing. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's I just don't, the slowest turnaround with no dialogue needed. I was telling you earlier that TC, for some reason, I'm... I, I'm almost feeling guilty that I enjoy him so much because <laughs> I know how disgusting he is. It's a great... It's a great portrayal. <clears throat> it's definitely uh, just a really fun performance. And uh, like I think it was Bruce pointed out, uh, they're not so outwardly loathsome. Not yet. Any of the three yeah. of them. Yeah. You can tell they're all. It feels like they are trying to lure them all in. Yes. Like it's certain, certainly Jody's conversations with Tulip and, and TC with Cassidy. It feels like they're very much uh bringing them in close and yep. kind of like trying to form relationships with them and 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 just you know so and, and i and that leaves them an opportunity to show more to of their disarm, real selves. And to disarm them a little yes. bit yeah yes. that's a great point i didn't even think about that cuz jesse is often dealing with grandma Je- jesse obviously treats them as he knows them because <laughs> right that's who they are he punches tc in the face with the shot like mm-hmm. it's it's all it's all on the page for him, but for Cassidy, even Cassidy tries to do that, and then drugs, so it's all good now, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Featherstone in the ghillie suit. <laughs> so goofy. It was really goofy, and it. I thought it was like a very strange. Uh, it happened very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a little a little choppy. That's I one of those moments I'll say feels a little fast. Yeah, it was choppy. I was confused at first. I was like, "What did she see?" I thought at first she saw God like standing there and she was uh, chasing him in the dog suit. I yeah. couldn't tell. And then Hoover's out there somewhere, and Jody just emerges with Hoover. Yep. Yeah. Hoover. Which I mean, it's not like we needed to see where Hoover was at. But no, no, you. Figure, just, figure where there's one, the other's nearby. It all happens very quickly, and that's even something Jesse says later in the episode, so it must be by design. But, yeah, you know. I mean, we're moving along. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jody and Tulip, I think, are, are fun together. Yeah, it's an interesting pair. Uh, him him just walking up with a grenade launcher to <laughs> blow up the, the beer cans. Pretty good. <laughs> And then having like a sniper rifle, <laughs> yeah. like a like a fifty cal. Yes, they're certainly armed to the teeth. Act three, as TC regales Cass with his dream about Lucy Lou, <laughs> Jesse comes in to locate Tulip. They head outside to find that she's got Featherstone on a headlock, and Hoover is with Jody. Jesse learns that the quote jazz singer was Jenny, 
and he wants to know if Star is aware that Tulip is alive, and Hoover confirms that Star is aware. They take Hoover and Featherstone to the swamps, but Tulip gets too heated and wants to kill Featherstone immediately. Jesse delays her, and they go to Jody's organ grinder for something more excruciating. Hoover escapes, and Jesse sends the rest of the group after him so he can send Featherstone off to get Star to come to the plantation. Unfortunately, Tulip saw him do it and wants some answers. <laughs> TC's Lucy Lou conversation. Yeah. I knew exactly where it was going, but to hear Cassidy start reacting to it as it's happening as well. It's just like. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you get to see a little bit of the way TC is in the book. True TC. He's, he's definitely obsessed with having sex with everything in the comic. <laughs> like everything. Anything. And it's pretty nasty. And this part was funny because the story starts off kind of sweet. Uh-huh. And then it just quickly... Yeah, and he knows, a, he knows a lot about Lucy Lou. I don't know yeah. if any of that's yeah. true or not yeah, or what. But like, it, he knows a lot about Lucy Lou in the context of his dream. Yes. Like he's, he's, he's paying attention to the, the tribulations in her life. Yeah. But. And it, like, he's, like he's going to the supermarket and buying like celebrity gossip mags <laughs> yeah. that feature Lucy Lou. <laughs> Uh, and I, I like that it's a it's a celebrity that like they both you know even cast like oh I like her yeah. and he's like yeah yeah oh yeah me too. <laughs> I also like that his he's so nasty and like his self worth and everything are so low that like in his dream she's like <laughs> she gives him a look that says I don't completely <laughs> I don't necessarily hate you yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, shame on you guys for making me like laugh during someone talking about a rape dream. (laughs) But on the other hand, the joke is like, is just so funny. The actor sells it so well with that far away look in his eyes. He's saying, he's like, you don't necessarily hate me. He's like, I would love to have that someday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so twisted and so foul, but it's funny. And then watching Cassidy be like, please tell me you're the worst person here. And he's like, no, like, no. <laughs> no, he's not. Well, and the thing, the thing that I noted as well is like Cassidy taking a hit of whatever they're doing, and then he starts trying to continue his story. And TC's nowhere near that. Yeah. He's not paying attention to that far, at far all. Away. Yeah, he's yeah. About his Lucy Lou dream. It's funny watching Cass bond with the other like outcasts of the world. But when he was hanging out with uh, Fior, it was much, much sweeter. Yes, yeah, that's for sure. That's funny. That I think that was like episode two or three last season, season as well. Two, yeah, so that was very early. Yep. Cassidy, Cassidy starting some drugs pretty early on in both seasons. That part was funny when he was when he asked, uh, rewinding a little bit to live about the uh, the deer, the city run entirely by talking deer. Yeah. She's like, are you smoking crack? I wish. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that. that yeah, it's... So, of course, the first time he gets offered anything. And it's probably some, like, swamp gas. Oh, yeah. I, it's some... It's the same type of potion crap that he would make, like, in season one. Just out of, like, whatever's laying around. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. The kind of thing that won't probably kill him. Probably even worse. <laughs> yeah, the kind of thing that won't kill him, but it will, like, will kill others. Yeah. Mortals. That has made TC what he is today. <laughs> yeah. It was a, It was a good scene. Uh, this is also the the Cohen brothers rear their rear their heads again in Cassidy's. Uh, oh, when they're marching through the swamp. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the moment when Jesse is 
standing there with Tulip and Jody, and then Grandma Cassidy and TC just show up. I was it's, something about that Cassidy in that moment, the way he's his posture, the umbrella, him like peering over the sunglasses. It was pitch perfect from the comic. Like mm. it looked exactly like Cass from the comics, and I was like, whoa, that was cool. And yeah. then like he still does throw, but something about that the way he was standing there with them was very like it was it was like a cover. It yeah. Well, yeah, the ta- the tableau of it all just like <clears throat> I guess even like being unaware that like there's it feels like there's something supernatural about grandma, mm-hmm. of course, and and just like presenting them in that way almost as like her two guards or yeah, something like that it was very as well. like tim burtony yeah it reminded me of something he would do but yeah. cast just the imagery of him right away i was like oh yeah that's perfect but yeah the coen brothers conversation was so funny <laughs> i love that he's describing it before he actually names the title miller's crossing he just started talking about it I just started laughing i was like here we go and then he <laughs> yeah as up. if jody and tc are up on any movies <laughs> they at might all. be tc yeah. at least might be that's true that, yeah that's true he knows what lucy lou is so he that's knows the start, all I about guess. Lucy Liu. <laughs> uh and yeah as i said in the discord earlier cassidy cassidy saying film film it's just perfect it's too good yeah i love the continued uh hat- <laughs> hatred of the big lebowski <clears throat> i still wonder who hates it if rogan or goldberg do hate the big lebowski because i feel like I feel like they'd be the kind of people that would like the Big Lebowski, but I don't know. Yeah. Not that it matters I, uh, too much, but I wonder if anybody out there has asked them about it. Or they might like really love it, and they once heard some guy talking about him. She hated it, and they, they thought, man, that guy sounds like an idiot. That guy sucks. Yeah, that guy sounds like the biggest <laughs> dumbass ever. That's very true. That's very true. I have a note in here that just says Jody's eyebrow raise, and I don't remember when it was, but... Oh man, I that might be when Jesse asks him about the about the organ grinder. Maybe I feel somebody said something. About, I think it was before it, in my notes. It's just ahead of talking about Cassidy with the umbrella and stuff standing there. So it might have been just prior. It might have been. Uh, oh, I think it was when Jesse asks uh, Hoover something. Anyway, somewhere in that scene, it might have been the organ grinder. I don't know. At any point, at any rate, uh, the way he just raises an eyebrow in response to something was very funny, and mm. I, I don't remember what it is, but it was it was pretty funny. Mm. Just a little, those little expressions in this show continue to just kill me. Yeah. Little things that I'm always really interested in watching the things actors are doing when other actors are speaking, like watching how they're re- reacting. The people who aren't in the conversation, yes, like yeah, watching what they're doing is always really fun because really great actors will still seize the opportunity to like make something out of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's great for sure. Um. Yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot. Do you have anything else for this particular act? <laughs> I loved the line, uh, the Coen brothers. He's like, you, you wouldn't think they're the same people unless they were struck by lightning or something in between. <laughs> it's the <laughs> yeah. best way to describe that. You can't chalk it up to anything more than just an act of God, like <laughs> striking them and turning them into something else. Yeah. Uh, I loved Cassidy's line about hot dogs when Tulip is like so grossed out and he's yeah. like, always going on about you love hot dogs, <laughs> like equating the stick, the. the the product of the organ grinder. Yeah, the, the swamp consomme yeah. is just basically hot dogs. Yes, I also love Jody just taking the 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 mason jar of it and just taking a big old pull <laughs> off of it. I know when he said organ grinder, I was like, "What? Does he have a little monkey and he's gonna?" Yeah. And it's literally an organ grinder. Yeah, that's that that whole conversation was really funny. Jody describing it and talking about the raccoon and raccoon that jumped out, <laughs> jumped out half half grind, ground. <laughs> That's a scream you don't forget. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
man his oh what are these people that they're drinking this shit like he's literally just grinding up animals that have been laying there for probably a day yeah and just drinking it <laughs> his digestive prep tract is probably just another smaller organ grinder <laughs> just like with a small jody inside <laughs> operating it <laughs> beautiful yes absolutely um all right and then yeah featherstone getting away i don't know that all was pretty standard so Act 4, Jesse informs Tulip that he needs his soul back from Star to be able to deal with his family before they can take on the Grail. They hatch a plan to provoke the Boyds to keep TC and Jody busy while Jesse talks with Star. We learn the Boyds want Jesse dead due to murder and sex, although they only send a voodoo... Or no, excuse me. We learn the Boyds want Jesse dead due to murder and sex, and although they only send a voodoo telegram at first, Cassidy lures them back with a grenade launcher shot. Jesse takes a seat in the kitchen, and Hairstar follows closely behind to talk with him. Once again, I, I feel like something weird's going on with the Boyds, because you know that bomb blast happened, and then those dudes were just right back. They were ready to go. I don't know if that's just the... I think they're... Cartoony, like the caricature-ish kind of like sense of disbelief that need... Like it's a con- that's like a comic book thing of like, oh, yeah. you know... I think it could be that. They're also clearly a, a tinge supernatural themselves, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm intrigued by Jody saying murder and TC saying sex at the same time and them and then them looking at each other. It made me think that like maybe Jesse didn't necessarily do anything and that they did it and blamed it on Jesse. Because uh, Jody definitely leans towards murdering people and TC leans towards wanting to have sex with things. <laughs> so... I wondered if there was, because it was the way they looked at each other, kind of like, huh? oh, maybe we were supposed to have our story in sync, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's interesting. But at the same time, Jesse doesn't refute the idea that they should, that he should avoid the Boyds, and he knows that a message from him will he set them He did something, off. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There was something funny about that, that I feel like maybe they either exacerbated the situation a little further, or I don't know. There was something about that that kind of made me kind of raise my eyebrow like Jody did. Like, yeah. Huh. You were more in tune with Jody's eyebrow raises than I was. They're pretty good. <laughs> um, this is also the conversation about uh, Cassidy's hat. Oh, my God, the hat. That was, I should have <laughs> laughed my ass off. Is that the first time he's had that, or have I just not I think it? that's the first time he's had an umbrella hat. That kind of hat. Yeah. yeah. It's so so perfect. It's really good. <laughs> I feel like Joe Joe Gilgan can wander into the show wearing anything, and I'll accept it. Like it just it's fine. And that well, he's wearing that he's wearing that hat, and he's also got this like olive drab like or like army army camouflage yeah. like zip up jacket type thing that I yeah he could you can tell he just finds things laying around and just tries them on and it's like it works <laughs> that's fine he just goes shopping through everyone else's wardrobe yeah he just takes things. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, this is also this is also the act where TC picks up Grandma's colostomy bag and smells it, and he can tell that her serotonin is up, but her protein is low. She needs protein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just he's all, he's he's a regular wonder hound. <laughs> he's got a very strange set of skills. Yeah, his sure. his are definitely more out there than Jody's. Jody's make more sense. So you look at him and go, "Yep, 
Yeah, he's a bruiser. I have a note in here that says grandma will deteriorate, and I must have written that down at some point when they're talking about her needing the souls to stay young. It probably was when she was talking to to uh, Jesse, saying, "You owe me a lot of souls." Um, yeah, because I I posited in episode one that perhaps we will later in the season see her looking more like she does in the comics. Yeah, and I think at some point that this ex- potentially explains how we will get there. That she, if she kind of reaches near uh, like a closer to a near death phase or something, we might see her more for what she actually would look like. Yeah, that could be that makes cool. sense. There, what like I said, there was something that kind of tipped me off to the fact that Jody thinks Cass is a vampire. In that exchange, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was something that, because he goes to give him the grenade launcher, and then he takes it back, and he's like, I don't think you need this after all. And it might have been because he's like, you're going to be an idiot with it, but also, something about the way he said it made me think that, like, he was kind of like, mm. Because he definitely asks, like, what's the hat? And he, yeah. he doesn't seem into the excuse. Yeah, the... Uh... And Jody is definitely the smarter of the two. Like, he's he's, like, scary insightful and intelligent <laughs> in the book like he's just kind of a force to be reckoned with across all aspects but he's definitely like so he, he at least he's got a bullshit detector that's, we don't that's very high yeah and he even says it later that he thinks jesse's up to something and you know although you don't have to be a Rhodes scholar to figure that one out <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that makes sense I, I i get that i i didn't uh I was not clued into his skepticism in this episode, apparently, but that does certainly seem like it's there. Uh, (laughs) Once again, TC's like level of detail on the goat. Yeah, that was awesome. That's a pygmy male. It's about six years old. It's nearly deceased. Nearly deceased. (laughs) Yeah. It's a goat. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he's, uh, he's a little encyclopedia. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. The way that Jesse just walks into the kitchen and sits down and star approaches from, yeah, there was like a musical cue. Like it was supposed to be shocking. And I was like, we know he's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Once Uh, once again, I felt like things were a little bit messy here. The way that it was. We just, I think, don't know the geography yet of Angelville. Yeah. Because you're thinking, okay, how did Star get there? And I was thinking, all right, well, he's clearly proven himself to be, like, ridiculously good at what he does. So he could infiltrate it and sneak Him in no problem. Him being able to show up, yeah, whatever. But then there were, like, three SUVs parked with a full complement of Grail agents. And I was like, oh, so wait, where are they? <laughs> like that, yeah. That was a little unclear. We haven't seen the... I mean, we've seen establishing shots of... The building, at least, but not like the surrounding areas, obviously. So, yeah. All right. And then act five, uh, the Boyds and the Longels shoot at each other until Cass gets hit. The Boyds flee and TC and Jody pursue them all the way back to their Roach Motel. Jesse talks with Star and initially gets a soul back, but because it was a placebo, he can't actually control Star with it. Star tries to negotiate with him and figure out what has changed and why he doesn't want to be the Messiah anymore. And Jesse goes along with him to recover his soul, which is in the car with the grail. Tulip notices the empty soul vial and thinks that Jesse has achieved what he wants. So as Jesse is about to retrieve his actual soul, she grazes Hairstar's head and kills several grail members. They take Jesse's soul away before he can get it, and Hairstar intends to let Jesse marinate in his personal hell. Uh, We can stop there and talk a little bit before getting to the final. Okay. Or I, I can just read it. I'll no, go. no, let's do it. Okay. Let's pause. Um, that's, that's a lot. 
Yeah. So the conversation between them was good, and I, it's it's weird that I find myself empathizing a tiny bit with Hair Star. Where I'm like, yeah, man, just go along with it for now. Like, what's what's your beef? And then I'm like, wait, because because Hair Star's clearly like, yeah, my idiot subordinates yes. did that. I didn't want that to happen. Like, how can I make it right? Kind of thing. Yeah. It's just an interesting relationship between them. It's different than in the books, but I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, like they're they're still not like full on enemies. Yes, as of yet, nemesis. At least, yeah. Well, by the end of this episode, maybe Nem- nemesis, nemesis. <laughs> what what's the what's the plural on that? <laughs> what movie is that from? I, that's from Mystery Men. Oh, I have. I was going to say, write in, so in and tell us what movie that's oh, from. I apologize. No, it's from Mystery Men. I want to watch it so bad. I haven't seen it. Oh in gosh, years. it is so good. That movie it's a holds up. Wonderful film. It is a wonderful film. A terrific film. <laughs> A highly influential film to myself. Yes. My brother and I reference that all the time still. Yeah, it's, it's just so good. Early, early-ish Ben Stiller, like before he like exploded, exploded, but yeah. he was already big. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go see Mystery Men if you haven't. Already. For sure. It's, uh, it's fantastic. It was another comic, wasn't it? I think it was like a very, very offbeat. It's a, yeah, it's definitely an adaptation novel. for sure, but it yeah. was, yeah. Um, stacked cast for sure unbelievably good cast yes absolutely um so he he consumes the placebo yeah and (laughs) i can't tell if the i think that's part of my issue is that that sounded like the way the word normally sounds it did a little bit um and we did have cause to think that maybe hair star was like acting about it earlier because mm-hmm. i think we had wondered if maybe he had his soul removed or something so it didn't work on him much like it didn't work on the saint yes um so to kind of see him playing along with it here i thought was interesting but i still don't i guess i don't quite understand like now we know jesse's the word jesse thinks the word isn't working because he doesn't have a soul which yep. i don't know that that was like painfully obvious to us previously i went to go back and take a look at it because he tries to use it in the school at the beginning of the finale the Uh season two finale and it doesn't work and i guess we are supposed to take it as the word doesn't work because they have already extracted his soul maybe i don't think i tracked back to to where they took it from it was a little unclear to me as well yeah, it just it seems some of the mechanics there are feel a little up in the air still, but maybe I just needed a rewatch of season 2. Um Star I, Star calling Jesse's family mud-speckled chocolateites was uh yeah, all of the star dialogue is always yeah, the best stuff. Yeah, it's good to have him back. I sure. I am learning to appreciate the soul stuff more now that i understand why it's relevant i yeah. remember thinking in season two when they got into it i was like this is unnecessary what are we doing and it now- seemed like a vi- like right now it's all making sense and kind of filling in well yeah and so when it came in last season it was very abrupt yeah it was abrupt but but i i think it's kind of impressive that they've managed to like weave it in as successfully with the source material as it seems they have. Yeah, it's it's working for me much better now. So. I loved the uh, eat your dick, <laughs> <Yeah>. if only. 
Yeah, perfect, that was good. Perfect hairstyle <laughs> reply. Um. Yeah, and then just Tulip going after and shooting. So I guess that's what we can talk about is we do. I think I left it out here. Tulip remembers, or at least we get to finally see what she remembered of God telling her to get those sons of bitches. So I'm wondering if, what did you say last week? The mission that she's given by God in the book, in the book, tell Jesse to stop, tell Jesse to stop, make, make Jesse stop essentially. So he doesn't want to be found the way that, so she remembers that as she sees Jesse and star walking along the path, I was wondering if God wants her to destroy the grail. It seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm taking from it as well. Okay. So that, I guess it may not necessarily exclude Jesse at this point anyway, but... That's a good point. From the, from, from the editing, it seems as though God wants the Grail to stop doing what they're doing. I love during the repeated shots of the man dog. Yeah. I love, like, the focus on its paw. Like, yeah. for some reason, like, there's one shot where it's, like, zoomed in on the paw, <laughs> like, the crazy colors radiating yep. off of it and it's like the worst looking thing it just oh my god it just really really cracked me up i was like Zzz. yeah it looks like something off of a crt tv yes yeah, yeah. or something out of like too many cooks <laughs> yes absolutely dog suit with all this light <laughs> coming off of it and then Emanating. zoom in on the paw yeah it was really good um all right and then the final little section here jesse tries to pursue the grail but grandma uses voodoo on his blood-stained napkin to choke him she orders him to get back to work, and as Tulip and Cassidy discuss Jesse and his darkness and Tulip's need to fix her mistake of opening fire on the grail, Jesse heads out to the tombs and starts mopping. The high school teacher we saw in the teaser asks for help, but Jesse says he can't help. Um, uh, I just want to mention the moment when Tulip realizes she screwed everything up, and it cuts to her dad at the same time yes. she says, why can't I just do one right thing that was surprisingly powerful absolutely i did not expect that i actually had pretty much acknowledged all the purgatory stuff i thought that's cool and then had wiped it from my slate and as soon as it came back in i was like oh wow like that that was a really really good moment yeah i guess the fact that that came because we know she she stated that she didn't remember exactly what happened there like what happened in purgatory She seemed, when she told Cassidy, she's like, there's something else that happened towards the end. And then Jesse comes in and, like, interrupts the situation. Mm -hmm. I feel like she knew what God said to her. And we were just getting glimpses of it ourselves as she was, like, reminded of it. Mm -hmm. But her getting that clear vision of what her dad said in Purgatory, I think, was quite powerful. Like... And and it like the fact that uh the fact that Jesse doesn't like blame it on her being an O'Hare or anything like that, I think is good too. Cause yeah. we've we've heard him call her that out of like anger and frustration and like like Yeah, so I think I think Jesse brings up the fact that she's an O'Hare when she goes back to work for Danny and like continues to do crime instead of like staying home to try and have a child with him in season two. Yeah. Or when we when we saw. So the fact that he doesn't like I don't know, she has that connection to her dad in that moment, but doesn't like it's not like 
Jesse knows that's what is going through her head at the moment, but it's not. He he doesn't. Jesse seems to have been like, well, we messed it up. We'll come back to it. Yeah, he's not even angry at her. Yeah. So he's, that's, it's it's refreshing to have a more clear-headed Jesse. Yeah. He at least knows right now what his mission is. Like, to yeah. get the hell out of Angelville. In, in short term, he's, he he can't worry about God right now because he's got to, or being the 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 Messiah, the Messiah, because he's got to get out of Angelville. Um. Yeah, it, uh, it was good to see what Grandma can do with the with the blood-stained napkin. Mm-hmm. At least, creepy. Um. Yeah, quite creepy. Um. And then the tombs. Are the tombs a thing in the comic? Not in Angelville. Okay. It might, I have yet. To, I mean, I don't think we really know exactly what's going on. So I'm Yeah, sure that's true. So uh, in the yeah. next episode we'll know. It seemed to me like there are people without their souls living down there. That's presumably the old guy who got out uh, from the flashback yes. from his mom where she makes TC chain him back up. She somehow got out or he somehow got out of the tombs. Yeah. Um mom said open the tombs again i wonder if hmm. i wonder if she doesn't take their entire soul at once but if if it's essentially like a, uh, like a farm down there and yeah. they keep people chained up and keep them alive to continue taking their soul he didn't look much older though so i wonder if they enter a weird state of like agelessness eventually well if we think about it jesse's probably in his teens yeah i guess that's true and so like maybe 15 20 years later yeah like he the dude has a lot more hair he's got like a beard it's kind of hard to tell because he's kind of beaten up too like he doesn't have his eye like his eyes like sewn shut essentially or something like like it's closed yeah i think they might be down there kind of like a like a far a soul farm essentially. Yeah. But the thing that's weird to me is like the I wonder if he's one of the last ones if he or if he is the last one that Jesse helps them. Yeah, that could be acquire it. because his age it would kind of make sense if he ran away around that TC time. TC and Jody are literally terrible at like bringing customers in cuz they're too TC and Jody disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I guess the thing that's weird to me is the cop that tries to get into Angelville is like, I want to see the tombs of like the fact that like, is there any type of outward facing part of the tombs to like the the public, the not necessarily the public, but I guess the people who know of the illicit dealings. Yeah. There or, might be the rumor that people that have disappeared in the town are down there, Yeah, but they can't get a warrant because the people in power just, Tell them yeah, no. the councilman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, Hairstar's injury. Yeah. Did Bruce bring it up? Was it Bruce, Bruce did bring okay. it up. I feel as though you... I don't know if like you and Lance either talked to me about it or if one of you brought it up last season, but I felt like I was aware of it when Bruce brought it up. Well, if it is the same thing from the comics, you know what it is? What What, what exactly is the result of his injury? Like what happens to him? Is this like the 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 uh No, I don't know that I do. Okay. I can't necessarily remember. This at this, this point, may not so. be the same thing. I actually I initially when it when he first gets hit, I was like, Oh shit. I thought he actually got like shot in the head. Yeah. And then when he's mopping it up and you see that it, it's he he obviously didn't get, you know, shot through the skull, he's yeah. not dead. I for a second thought, is this it? And then I thought, No. 
but it might be he he gets it he gets wounded uh that similarly in the book except jesse does it to him and he does it with intention of knowing what he's doing mm. and uh the result is great like what what exactly happens to star and if it is the same so i think episode three we might be uh, spending more time with the saint of killers and arse face i feel like we might detour mm, yeah yeah we Either haven't way, seen them yet we probably shouldn't see any more star until they're ready to open the episode with with him post injury because it has to open an episode or close an episode because that's how it rolls out in the books and it's gold huh so all right yeah interesting i'll just leave it at that <laughs> good Sounds good eye good. good eye bruce yeah uh, uh, as far as the tomb him mopping i don't know what the hell he's mopping either like i, I really don't yeah. know what to expect about this other than like Man, I really don't She's know. talking about getting the tombs like operational again. It yeah. almost seems as though there's like more to are they like replicating souls or like I don't know. I wonder like if it is some type of soul farm as you said, like do they have some type of way to restore the souls to these people without like Are Maybe, they using uh, people as vessels to farm literally farm souls as you would like blood yeah maybe they're like uh maybe it's set up like an auction type situation where they have these people Uh, chained up and like you can you can have some of this person's soul in like people like maybe he's cleaning like this like the the assembly area yeah like that's where people interesting. will stand around and like make offers for like someone's soul because i've forgotten i i forgot a little bit about how the soul stuff came into play at least with the sokosha and that it's like the japanese have come in and ruined the industry with their technology maybe it's like a kid can to take like, fractions of souls instead yeah, of maybe it's akin to like buying a slave essentially like yeah. because you if you own their soul or a part of their soul you own them effectively and they'll do whatever they can to get it back interesting yeah, that may be it. Hmm. Well, we'll find out real soon. Yeah, I'm we, sure. will, we we will need to find out pretty quickly here. So I'm I'm really enjoying the season so far. Me too, me too, and more more so than I thought I would, which I'm happy with. Not yeah. as I said, not that I was like totally down on season two, but I just feel like by the end of it, I had kind of lost the bead on what preacher was. Yes, yeah, it was definitely kind of a murky season. This one feels more, I don't know. Concise. Yeah, and it's got, it's got a, it's got more drive. Like yeah. We, we kind of know what's going on. We know who our enemies are. We know the stakes. And uh, we just got to see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Jesse laying it out here being like, we need to get away from Grandma, and this is what I got to do to get, like, this is what I need to do in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to get my soul in order to get away. <sighs> I'm has I hasn't like I don't I don't know if I want to say this necessarily but it doesn't feel like uh, you talked about the pacing of it last week of like you could see this being like six or seven episodes before he gets away from Angelville and I feel like that's kind of where it was at except for the fact that I don't know how he could possibly get his soul back from the grail as of yet I would agree so I think I know what's gonna happen but I really don't so it's exciting. I have theories based on book knowledge, but I don't, I can't say for certain like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Interesting. I know. I like that. I like that the yeah. show has always been like one step 
just off to the side of the path. That's cool. I'm glad that it's making it enjoyable and suspenseful for you, even mm-hmm. though you have read the book. That's, yeah. that's good. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think we will try to get Lance on sometime soon. Yes. Yes. Now that we're not, uh, now that we have a little bit of a schedule in mind on how we want to do things, we can figure it out. So, yeah. All right. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on g2tpodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. We're also on TV Time, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're also G2T Podcast on Twitter, and you can email us at g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. Uh, there was other like one last piece of feedback I forgot to read. We did get a tweet from uh, our friend Anthony, I believe, who was uh, happy that we were going to try to get the episodes out a little earlier. Mm-hmm. So our, 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 my, my apologies on us getting it out kind of late uh, uh, last week. Just Westworld being there kind of stuck a bit of a, a fork in things. But now that Westworld is finished, we can kind of devote most if not all of our podcasting energy on uh on uh preacher and it's good i'm happy with that uh the midwest podcast network has other shows about video games horror movies fx's the alienist and hbo's westworld find out more about these shows as well as how to support the network at midwestpodcastnetwork.com our theme music is the song all in by the red thread and it is being used under a non-commercial creative commons license That's all for this episode of Gone to Texas. We can't wait to see what next week's episode of Preacher brings. But until then, go forth and speak the good word.